everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Women's Football Success, episode 1817. I'm your host, Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington. And really quick, a disclaimer, I am an attorney, but I'm not your attorney. I'm licensed to practice law in the state of Arkansas. However, um, if you have a legal issue and you need some assistance, um, seek out an attorney in your jurisdiction. All the stuff that I have on the websites, the blogs, the social media, any digital information, books, e-books, e- e- etc., webinars, Um, Those are all business information things and do not create an attorney-client relationship between us. So real quick, I just want to get to a couple things. So this is episode 1817. And last week, um, I shared that I was going to provide um, some sort of a women's football calendar. And so I kind of created a sample to-do calendar for established teams. Now this calendar that I'm going to put out It's just a month-by-month thing that shows um, sample ideas of what you should be getting done in that month. Now, each team can alter this or change this um, as they see fit or if they have different things to do. But this is more for established teams that are already, um, already around, already doing stuff, and they... want to make sure that they're getting the tasks done. I'm going to also put one out there for new teams starting up and what they need to be doing. Um, And I'll do that here in the coming weeks. Real quick, I want to do a shout out because um, as part of the establishing a calendar, um, I came across a couple teams that are really doing a really good job of um, starting things out. You know, we just ended the WFA season last week. Um, and some teams are already um, hitting the ground running um, with tryouts and stuff like that. If you get a chance, I want you to go over to the Nebraska Nighthawks. They're posting it on Facebook, but they're also posting it on their website. Let me go back there real quick on my other computer here. I, um, I connected with the Nebraska Nighthawks um, to get authorization to share this um, which other you know some of these radio shows are not doing that so make sure that you are um, before you start sharing stuff out here in social media and stuff make sure that you have authority to do so so I um, it just happened to come out on um, social media about the Nebraska Nighthawks tryout poster and I thought it was a really good poster um, let me see if I can pull it up. To, so they have um, tryouts beginning in September, which a lot of teams this year are um, really taking notice and getting their tryouts out in, in September. Um, this is a really good poster. It talks about now recruiting 18 and over, all shapes, all sizes, all abilities, all experience levels. Um, and it gives some information for people to um, go to. Now, I just wanted to share with you really quick. Um, I reached out, asked if I was able to use this. They said that they've had over 100 women sign up interested to play um, doing this social media promotion. So if you are needing lots of players, go over there, see what they're doing right, um, make it your own, and put it out on your own social media. Now, the other team that I also talked to was the main mayhem they have a really good 
um, poster up as well um, with regards to um, they spell it out. They have a like a Q&A section that talks about different questions that people answer, um, what you're expected to know, how it's going to go. Um, and they actually have like five or six um, of their tryouts already listed. Now, I go back and forth on this just as a suggestion, but um, sometimes when you have five or six tryouts listed, people will want to wait until month three or month four before they actually try out. So I particularly post my tryouts as they're coming up, and that way um, there's no holding out until the last tryout. So just real quick, a shout out to the Nebraska Nighthawks and to the Maine Mayhem for um, you know really being diligent in getting things set up and ready for the 2019 season. Um, it's all part of the process, you know, Everybody cannot be a champion every year. Everybody cannot go to playoffs every year. We get that. We should all get that. Um, women's football, the, the WFA has over 65 teams in the, in the USA, and hopefully for 2019 we'll be at about 75. Um, now, that's my, I say that like it's my goal. I, I have nothing to do with that. Um, I go out and, and pitch to new teams, and, and hopefully they'll, they come to the WFA. Um, but I'm not um, associated. I don't get anything for them being in the WFA except for being part of the best league ever. Um, so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to kind of do a rundown of a calendar of things to come in the next couple months. And then on the um, Women's Football Success section of uh, the website, I will have this sample calendar so people, if they're interested in getting it, can put in their email and we will send it directly to them so that they can have this sample to-do calendar. Now again, this is for established teams. And um, so what I always like to do is in July, August, right here at the end of championship, um, we usually do it before the season has even ended. Um, we do a sit down on what happened well, what didn't go as well as we planned, um, what we want to, you know, really increase or decrease for the next season, um, things that um, need to be improved. Um, and then we kind of plot it out on a calendar when it needs to be done. Um, and again, this sample calendar that I'm putting together for you guys um, is not a, an end-all be-all. This is not what you have to do. Um, these are things that we've done in the past. Um, ours looks a little different. I get really detailed into what needs to be done when. Um, but let's just talk about this. these upcoming months, August, September, and October. Um, if you are not satisfied with something that happened last season, um, put it into this August, September, October timeframe and get it done quickly so that you can see if you're doing things the way you want it to be done. Now, we always establish a tryout calendar with three to five tryouts, um, usually, typically one every three weeks-ish or four weeks, depending on how many players we need. And then we reevaluate, and I'll talk about that for November, December, January. Um, we usually lock in our tryout locations and we begin promoting upcoming tryouts. Now, all the teams um, should be, if you're having September tryouts, you should be promoting them now, um, uh, especially if they're in the beginning of September. 
you'll start to be able to determine how many players you're going to get. Now, we I did a whole detailed radio show about tryouts, but typically um, I like to go 40 to 60% on my numbers from previous years because th that's the number that, that we've established. Um, if you have 100 people come through your tryouts, you'll keep 40 to 60 of them. And that all depends on um, injuries, uh, work schedule, family issues, uh, time commitment, and financial commitment. Some people just can't do the all five of those. So um, you'll have to determine how many of those people are actually going to stay. So you need to try out about 100 people to keep 40 to 60 people. If you already have 40 and you're only trying to pull on 10, then you might only have to do two tryouts to get those extra, say, 20 or 30 people. Um, but you're going to want to begin promoting the upcoming tryouts sooner rather than later. And then you want to update your team website with all the new dates and any upcoming events. A lot of people, I'll tell you what, you, you start doing this stuff, but you don't update your websites until January, and it's horrible. Nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows if the team exists. If you can just keep these things updated, then people actually know that you're coming back next year and can be prepared for that. You'll want to start creating off-season workouts. So as you hold these tryouts and you get new people on that maybe you have never heard of women's football, you're going to want to set up some um, off-season workouts for the players to get together um, every couple weeks and start establishing that relationship and establishing that bond. You'll also want to set up some team building um, events um, or some sort of off-season team events for people to start getting together. So not only working out, but also just getting together and relaxing. Uh, for September, so we create the off-season team workouts in September and also the team building events, but usually in, I'm sorry, in August, but we usually don't start publishing them until September. Um, and that way people have time to kind of relax and breathe after the season ends kind of get their um, physical health back together if they've been injured um, or if they're just exhausted from the season. Um, this is also the time in September um, to evaluate last year's funding. Uh, so if there's if, if your numbers didn't come out right, if people didn't pay, if um, people paid and it wasn't enough, you can evaluate where the numbers are at that point. Um, and then you also want to look at sponsorships and determine which sponsorships were missing. So if there were some sponsorships that you really wanted to get, but you just didn't have time and at the last minutes, uh, the, the companies that were going to do them bailed or whatever, now you have time to reevaluate those and really get those locked in. Um, but you want to determine um, if there's some sponsorships that you're not doing now, I think it was two weeks ago, um, maybe three weeks ago, where I created a sample sponsorship package for teams to um, use at their will. Now, it's not exact either. You can use that however you see fit as far as um, going out and getting sponsors. So tailor it to, you know, put your logos on it, put your wording on it, what you're going to do in your sponsorships, how much your sponsorships are going to be worth. So, um, but determine what sponsorships are missing and then go out and get those sponsorships. 
And then again, you in September, you want to do one or two uh, team activities um, that you had set up in August, right? And then let's talk about October. So we're going to, so we're already hosted one, two, or three tryouts. By October, you want to have hosted about three tryouts by November 1st. Before November 1st, hold at least three tryouts. That way you know where your numbers are and if you need to hold one or two in November. Um, then you want to also start uh, determining your hiring positions on the team. That's going to be any of your support staff, your coaches, anything that you have missing or you, you've found out aren't coming back. Um, you should know that by September and be able to start doing that in October. Um, you're also going to want to continue talking to the community about potential sponsorships and partnerships. So we've already got that kind of August, September, and October lined out. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole um, calendar. I am going to get through November, December, and January because it's, it's important to understand how this works. And I may continue, once we get into the season in April, I mean, it's too late to be doing any of this stuff. You, things are rocking and rolling. So um, beginning in November, you're gonna hold any final tryouts before the holidays. So if you've determined that you still are sitting at 25, 35 people in November, um, you got some serious work still ahead of you. You're gonna wanna share any nutrition or diet options with new players before the holidays come up so that they know um, what they want to do and what they can and can't do. Uh, most teams don't have like strict nutrition and diet policies, um, but if people are looking at building muscle or losing uh, weight, then this is the time to really focus on getting that done uh, during this off season when they're not focusing on anything else. Next, you're gonna wanna prepare um, any events to volunteer um, in the community around the holidays. A lot of times there's feeding the homeless, there's a Ronald McDonald Club, there's uh, canned food drives, etc. So it's a really good time to connect with the community um, when you're not focusing on football. So it's part of that team building. Um, there's parades, there's various different things that can happen there. So then in December, usually we take off December for the holidays um, just because it's, you know, people are visiting their family and relatives and, and it's cold in most um, most of the areas down in Texas. It's not that cold. So we technically sometimes can try. I mean, we've tried out some we've had practices in December and January in the 20s and 30s, um, but other places. Um, would be way too cold and I don't recommend it. We just, we happened to be crazy at the time and, and did that. But um, we recommend taking December off to continue. But while you're um, taking that December off, you should still be continuing to evaluate women's football and where you're at. If you still are sitting at 35 people, then you should be mapping things out to get uh, go in January and February because that is your end-all be-all. That's your really last time to be um, fiddling with this stuff. Um, now there are times when things happen and there's an emergency or whatever. Give us a call. Um, we've been through some of these issues um, where we have a short timeline and so I don't have a problem walking people through what they can do 
and how fast to get it done if they have some support people that can help them. But you want to determine what you're behind on um, and this will determine how much you need to plan for January, February. Um, but uh, also in December, you're going to want to establish that preseason workout if you haven't done it in November so that these players that maybe, you know, a lot of them, a lot of players are teachers. Um, they're going to have a bunch of time off during the holidays. They'll be able to get into a, a gym routine or something like that. So um, get those out there to the players in November, December. January is usually when we start kickstarting the, you know, the the guns and we do some sort of a preseason workout. We usually do them for a, a set of weeks, maybe two weeks, three weeks, um, and really get the players um, understanding what's going to be expected in stretches um, and, and getting set up in conditioning. And then um, as a team, you usually will have your um, player fee and your payment plans established by January. Um, some teams start it all year, you know, start from the beginning, and I'm not sure. Um, there's a few teams that even in October are doing, starting the payment plans so that they are not blindsided by players that can't pay in November, December. Um, we also distribute the football 101 and 102 to new players and that is kind of a and i have that on um, our resources as well but football 101 is for basics that's for somebody that just got off the couch they like football um, they might not know that much about football um, but it goes into what a linebacker is what a quarterback is how many downs you have to get 10 yards you know what a punt is etc goes through and does the you know the the actual field those kind of things um, so we distribute that to players um, that are interested in it and they can and they can reread it over and over again 10 15 times if they want to before you know they're needing to ask questions at that point you want to verify all player documents usernames passwords um, so these are players that either you've had on the team in the past and have changed their stuff and so you need to make sure that you're still able to communicate with them or new players that came on in october november december um, you want to make sure that they are have taken care of all their uh, documents liability waivers um, and that they've set up username and passwords for getting emails etc so that you're able to communicate with every single player every time you don't want to find out in march that um, some player hasn't been getting your email since December so that's super important now real quick uh, just right up until season starts so February and March so in February we transition um, the we go from a preseason workout to a, like a transition preseason workout it's a little bit more intense people have gotten their conditioning under them people you know people are a little bit more um, relax and um, physically they're tightened up and ready to go um, we determine if we need one or two additional uh, tryouts for for new players um, just kind of seeing how things go um, I don't know that this year we'll need to have additional tryouts in February because my goal is to have five or six before December so hopefully that'll be all taken care of but if you find yourself in a situation where you're still hurting, then get two or three tryouts done in February. 
because um, you can still make it. Um, you want to make sure that after all the tryouts are done, you're getting those players focused on their team responsibilities. If you've assigned them additional tasks, such as team leaders, uh, captains, pods, whatever, um, then you want to make sure that you do that. And you're going to want to start focusing on um, the media opportunities and setting up different people to take care of those media opportunities. Um, and that way it's not all on two or three players. You want to rotate that through. Um, some teams, you know, focus on just um, promoting two or three players. Um, and those are the star players. Um, at our franchise, we really focus on getting some stories from a bunch of different players and and we feel like everybody has a story to tell and somebody will connect with that story. We start setting up our fundraising opportunities and we continue um, vetting potential hires and interns for those um, employment and internship positions. And then in March, again, we're just continuing workouts things are pretty much established at this point i mean if you don't have it done yet it's pretty much too late to do it but you're going to still continue to create upcoming events throughout the season that are going to happen either during bye weeks or after games or in the middle of the week um but you uh still again getting those players um focused on their responsibilities and then start locking in those staff positions so that people know exactly what they are supposed to be doing. Um, and then in April, the women's uh, football season starts for the WFA. And then it's just, you know, really locking in, making sure that the players are able to do the plays that the coaches have established, make sure that players are getting to practices um, and make sure you're establishing different um, ways for them to be included during days that they're not able to be there because of work. Um, and then if anything comes up, you're going to want to fix any intern or staff issues. Um, usually I hire about 12 interns and about two show up. So that's how much you have to do to get those, get them, especially when you're dealing with a lot of volunteer um, opportunities. Um, a lot of times people just decide they don't want to do it for whatever reason, or they decide they needed to do some sort of opportunity that gave them financial um revenue as opposed to just volunteer situation. Um, so if you guys have any questions about that, um, feel free to let me know. Um, again, I'm not going to get into April, May, June, July, because that at that point you're just running around in circles trying to keep everything going. Um, but that is the sample to do calendar for established teams. Next, I want to shift to um, an important concept that I like to deal with as far as potential players. Um, a lot of times people don't address the issue of potential players, and so I want to um, put some information out there for potential players on what to expect in women's football. And so I want to shift to talking to people that are interested in playing women's football but are just not sure if it's something that they want to do. Maybe a new team has come to town or you've just heard about women's football. Um, as I've said in the past, women's football has been around for about 60 years, but a lot of people still don't know about it. So if you're just coming to women's football, 
um, welcome, and I hope that you find it as exciting as I do. So I want to talk to potential players about tryouts, paying to play, physical fitness, and being part of a women's football team. So I want to start with preparing for a tryout um, because typically the way a person um, gets onto a women's football team is by doing a tryout. And we have some teams, if you go into the area where you live and you're looking for a women's football team, go ahead and do some due diligence and check around to see that the team that you think it is, it really is. Um, make sure that a team that you heard about maybe uh, two years ago is still in existence. Uh, some of the teams are changing names. I know there's a couple teams that were in one league um, last year that are changing names and moving to other leagues. So it's very important to make sure that you are actually going to the team or trying out for the team that you think you are. So first things first, when you are getting ready for a tryout, you wanna make sure that you're hydrated. Um, at least three or four days before going to the tryout, you need to be hydrating because um, especially if it's a situation where you have not um, done the physicality uh, workouts that are required in, in doing the tryout, you um, may get sick, you may throw up, which people do, it, it's not uncommon, um, but you wanna make sure that you're as hydrated as possible because you don't want hydration to be um, the thing that keeps you from being that standout applicant. So I also recommend practicing the possible drills for about two to three weeks before the tryout. Now, if you're just getting off the couch and you've never played before and maybe you haven't been physical in, in some time, then I would recommend practicing some of these drills like four to six weeks before going to a tryout. Now, what can you expect at a tryout? Now, each team does a tryout differently, but typically um, if you think about a the NFL Combine, um, or you've seen drills on there, um, you could typically see some of the drills at your tryout. They're usually the more basic drills, like a 40-yard dash, so running from one point to another point as fast as you can. Uh, there's also a T drill or a box drill, and this is usually done with some small cones, and what this is testing is your ability to turn and make changes um, quickly. And then they'll typically do some throwing and catching drills and maybe some kicking drills to see if you're able to kick the ball, um, if it's something that they're looking for on the team or if it's something that you've shared with them that you um, were a soccer player or you're a good kicker, etc. cetera. Um, they usually have everybody go through all of the drills no matter what their body type. Even if they're not like a typical body type for a quarterback, they'll typically have you do throwing drills. Um, and if you are... Uh, not really a runner or a catcher, they will typically still have you do the catching drills just to um, see what your skill level is. Now, not only are you being tested on your uh, agility and strength, but you're also being tested on your ability to understand directions and your ability to listen and ask questions when you don't understand the directions. Um, and most importantly, you're probably being um, assessed on your ability to work as a team, like how easily you you know relax and get into a new environment. Uh, because women's football um, is all about diversity. Not only do we have a, a diverse 
type of people in women's football, but we also have uh, diverse body types and body structures, um, as well as backgrounds and, and jobs and occupations. So it, it's really important that you're able to adjust and uh, move, let's see, learn quickly and um, be able to be okay in a uh, situation that maybe uh, makes you move quickly, change direction fast, or do or be a little flexible when it comes to um, understanding some things. So typically at the um, football tryout, you're going to have some sort of registration. Um, we have switched to all online registration. So to, to get rid of all of the paperwork um, that we have to have there, um, we'll probably have a couple pieces of paper there that people can sign up. But Usually, um, and usually teams will have a table there for you to sign up, um, pay your tryout fee, and uh, sign a liability waiver. Um, we have actually set ours up to be basically um, online registration. Um, now, what should you bring to a tryout? I always recommend bringing water. Now, most teams will provide water the day of the tryout. However, you just never know um, if they're going to or if somebody forgot it or whatever. Um, I would dress in layers or come prepared to change layers because sometimes you get there and it's um, 50 degrees and it goes down to 35 or vice versa. It starts at 35 and you're running around, you get so hot that three layers of sweatpants is just too hot. So um, I suggest bringing a couple different things. Um, we always suggest uh, running shoes and cleats. Um, if you don't have cleats, don't go out and buy them just for the tryout because you don't want to have to take them back if you um, don't make the team. Now, talking about making the team, it all depends on the team structure. Some teams know that they're going to have 40 people coming back for next year, and so they're only looking for 5, 10, 15 people to come on. Um, other teams are wanting 40 new people or 30 new people, and so you're just not sure how many people they're, they're looking for um, to be part of the team. Now let's talk about paying to play because a lot of players don't understand this or, or um, don't know the details of it. So typically, um, and I'm gonna give some vague numbers here because I know some teams charge upwards of $2,000 to play, other teams um, charge less um, or they do it in a different structure. So some teams will charge as low as $200, but you also have to do these 17 different things. So if you put it all together, there's gonna to be some sort of player fee, um, typically three, four, five, six, seven hundred dollars um, That usually goes towards buying uniforms, uh, practice fields, uh, travel, etc., cetera, um, and other supplies. Then there's also some fundraising that gets done. Um, some teams do it where you're required to sell a certain number of tickets to get to the game for people to get in. And that helps to get the player fees done, but also get people into the stadium. And then um, usually teams will also have players that are required to do some sort of sponsorship or events. Now, again, some teams just say it has to be a $2,000 sponsorship. We don't accept cash. It has to be from an outside business. Other um, teams do it differently. Some of them require a certain amount up front and then take payment plans. Other teams say it's this amount of money by this date or you're not on the team.
So you need to talk to each individual team to see what their uh, requirements are and how that works. Um, so let's talk about being part of a team. Now being part of a team, getting on a team and, and being part of a women's football team, um, you try out and if you're accepted onto the team, then that's great. But if you, uh, then you sign a contract saying that you are gonna be part of the team for that year um, and you have these responsibilities and obligations. Um, typically that contract just means that you are part of the team. Um, it doesn't mean that you are going to get so many plays or that you're gonna get to do so much stuff or that you're gonna do whatever. Um, or that you're gonna, they're required to travel you places or anything like that. It just basically means that you're part of the team. Um, any, usually a contract will say something about pictures, any pictures taken of you or property of the uh, team, etc. cetera. Um, that being said, um, as part of the team, you have certain responsibilities and, and obligations to the team. Um, but uh, being part of a women's football team is a pretty cool thing. Um, it's great to see, you know, 50, 60 women um, from all walks of life working together towards one goal of winning a championship. Um, so if you are at all interested in women's football, um, the, the league in um, the United States, the biggest league in the United States is the Women's Football Alliance. You can go to WFAProFootball.com and click on the teams that are available um, there and see if there's one available in your area. Um, they're adding new teams right now, so um, if you have an opportunity um, to get onto one of those teams, um, then I wish you the best of luck. And if you have any questions, feel free to give me a call. Um, like I said, all this information is on women's football success, and I have that inside my um, super small biz business consulting website. So if you have any questions, these are the kind of the bullet points or the tips that I suggest for getting ready for a tryout if you are a potential player. Um, let's talk about once you're on the team and the physical fitness um, aspect of it. Now, you, usually teams practice between two and three days a week. Um, and sometimes coaches require that you do an additional conditioning day um, at a gym or at home or a, a local workout. Um, and sometimes they'll have you even videotape it so that they can see that you actually did a workout. So that's kind of cool, especially with today's technology because 15 years ago, you couldn't do that. You just hoped that people really did what they were, were asked to do. Um, but let's talk about physical fitness in a different way. Obviously, women's football is um, a sport that allows for different body types. So there's anything from a, a five foot, 100 pound person to a six foot, 300 pound person, um, as long as they are able to, you know, be able to move around and, and understand the, the football plays, the football terminology. Um, and a lot of times in women's football, especially, you know, newer teams or teams that are bringing on new people, they will have a football 101. We have, a, on our team, we have a football 101 and football 102. And this allows people to start with the basics of football. Um, I put it in a little booklet format so players can read, read, read it as many times as they want. Um, so if they're confused about something, then they can call a coach on, on their own and not feel embarrassed that they don't know some sort of term um, or 
something that they're supposed to know about women's football. So if you have any other questions about women's football, feel free to uh, reach out to us at Women's Football Success. I hope you guys have a great week and um, we're looking forward to the 2019 season. Um, 2018 season just ended a couple weeks ago and a lot of teams are underway with um, starting tryouts early and understanding that um, it's an all year sport, it's an all year business um, because you have to be, uh, even though you're not playing games at this time, um, you are actually having to recruit athletes, recruit talent. So um, I really appreciate the teams that are out there uh, setting up tryouts and getting ready to go for the 2019 season. If there's any questions, feel free to reach out. Um, we have the Women's Football Success, which is part of the Super Small Biz, like I said before. And we also have set up a Facebook group for Women's Football Success. And if you are a, an owner, a coach, a support staff member, or a player, then you um, can be part of that group. Go ahead and go in there and log in what team you're with and what position you play or what position you take on the team. And we will get you part of that group and get you to join. If you have any questions, feel free to give us a call. We'll talk to you later. You guys have a great week and um, good luck on your women's football experience. Bye-bye.